Let's pray. Father, we thank you for such a precious morning. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for your word. That is life. And your word, that is spirit. We pray for fresh anointing upon the word and anointing upon my life. Grant unto me grace, O Master, to teach and preach your word in the way that will bring blessing and benefit to your people. Ah, thank you, Holy Spirit, for the supply of grace this morning. And I give you thanks in advance for what you have done, for what you are doing, and for what you will do. I say thank you, Master, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Ah, I'm here for 25 and Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Say, this is the word of God. I am what he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. Say, I am a doer of God's word and not just a hearer. Say, today, I will be blessed because of God's word. And say, Lord, I thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. What can we do with these Moabites? We want to leave them, they won't go. But today, we will deal with them. Hallelujah. We will deal with the Moabites. I've started studying about the Midianites. And, and they, they were also troublesome people. The Midianites, they were troublesome group of people. And the challenge with the Midianites is that they were so close to the covenant people of God. That I've just given you a teaser. They were so close. You know, Midian was a son of Abraham. Midian was a son of Abraham through Keturah. Uh, after the death of Sarah, Abraham married Keturah and had a son by the name of Midian. And out of that Midian, we have the Midianites. And the way those Midianites fought against Israel is mind-blowing. Just a teaser. So get ready. We will come to the Midianites. Hallelujah. But let's stay with the Moabites. And today, I'll do a slightly quick digression because I want to run up on this subject of the Moabites. Somebody called me and said, Bishop, with all that you've taught us about the Moabites, I believe that we need to dedicate maybe one day fasting and prayer, one Friday, and attack the spirit of the Moabites and break their backs once and for all. I said, it is a good idea. And that is, the, that is the purpose of revelation, opening your eyes to see truth. Because the minute you receive truth, it, it puts you at an advantaged position anytime you want to do warfare against your enemies. Amen. Nana will tell you because maybe group captain might have told him, intelligence is so important. Is that right? If you are going to war, and your intelligence is solid, your chances of winning victory is very high. If you know about the strength of your enemies, you know about the strategy of your enemies, you know about what they want to do, you know about where they want to move. If you have good intelligence, it helps you to strategize better against your enemies. And you can have that, that intelligence based on certain knowledge that you have about your enemies. Most often than not, what the devil is doing is that he's making us feel, number one, that he doesn't exist. And then he tries to deceive us in the area of our understanding of his activities. So Paul could boldly say that we are not ignorant of his devices. 
we are not ignorant of the devices of the devil. The minute you get to know about the devices of the devil, you stand at an advantage position in winning victory over every move of the enemy. And it is my prayer that God will open our eyes as we share this truth to help us understand the devices of the enemy, the way he operates, the way he moves. So anytime we go on our knees to do warfare against the enemy, we can do it from an advantage position to win victory over the powers of the enemy. I was telling somebody one of the deceptions today that we are, it's a challenge about misunderstanding of the subject of grace. Misunderstanding of the subject of grace and people overstretching grace to the point where it feels like as a Christian you can wake up in the morning, put your hand between your laps and you will still win victory. And I said that is distortion of truth. Jesus Christ has won every victory for us on the cross of Calvary. The grace of God has brought us to a place where victory has already been won. But we have to enforce that victory through knowledge that we have in the word of the Lord. Because we are dealing with an enemy who is a thief. We are dealing with an enemy who is a liar. We are dealing with an enemy who doesn't operate according to the rules of engagement. Although he knows that he has been defeated. And he doesn't have the legal right to do certain things in your life if you operate in the realms of ignorance, although he has no legitimate right to do that, he will still go ahead to do it until you rise up to say that this cannot be done. It is not allowed. I don't know how best to explain it to you than being a gunman the way guys deal with land. Hallelujah. Somebody knows that he has sold this land to Mr. X. He has issued documents to Mr. X. And the documents have been registered. The same man will get up the next day to come and take half of your land and sell it to another person. And if you don't rise up to say that this is my document and you can't come around my land, and if you come around it again, you will see what I will do to you. Although the land is yours, by the time you wake up in the morning, somebody else is living on your land, although it is yours. I have a friend who told me, sorry, he bought a land at East Legon. He wore it nicely. Eh? and then started a foundation on it, then he went to sit in America telling everybody he has landed East Legon, and when he comes to Ghana, this is the building he will build. By the time he came to Ghana, after 13 years, he went to the area, he couldn't find his land. After setting through the document, guess what? He did the foundation, and somebody built on the foundation, next to living in the house. They had to take it to court, fight. Then the man was over, he said, I don't care what you have built on this land, I am bringing it down because this is my document. And the guy just took the land because somebody told him, oh, and they'll give you some few body uh, land. So the man, 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 catch a lentil level. They are always treating the law, twisting this. Catch a lentil level. He bought the land. Started foundation, wall it, went abroad. By the time they came, the man did not destroy the foundation. He built on his foundation, living in the house. And this is what happens in our lives as Christians. Although we are blessed, 
although we are delivered, although according to the book and according to the law of God, we have certain level or we have total victory over the works of the enemy, if you don't stand your grounds and enforce your victory, although you are victorious, the devil will keep you speaking in tongues. Amen. And don't wait for God to come and do that for you. Because God said, I have given you every power you need over all the powers of the enemy. So you should be able to get up and say, this sort of crazy activity must stop in my life. If you don't believe me, ask Jesus. She saw a woman who was bent over for 18 long years. This woman was the daughter of Abraham. And Jesus Christ has to get up and say, shouldn't this woman, being the daughter of Abraham, set free from this attack of the enemy, she rebuked the enemy, the woman was set free. Although she was the daughter of Abraham, and the devil knew about it, that the daughter of Abraham is not supposed to be afflicted with that kind of sickness, he still went ahead and did it. Amen. So we are bringing this truth to you so you will rise up one day in holy anger. Hallelujah. Can you hear me? You will rise up one day in holy anger. Put off the equipment before you put on the generator. They're expensive. Uh, you will rise up one day in holy anger and say, enough is enough. This foolishness must stop in my life this foolishness must stop in my family. This nonsense must come to an end in my life. Until you come to that place of authority where you will rise up against the works of the devil, although you are more than the conqueror, you will live the rest of your life more than a defeated person. Oh, amen. I said amen. Hallelujah. You will live the rest of your life more than a defeated person simply because you don't know who you are. Your authority. Amen. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. The question is that how do you trick her? prophetic blessing upon your life. Oh, 10, 15 minutes. How do you trigger prophetic blessing upon your life? Because we are talking about the supernatural. How do you trigger that, the manifestation of the supernatural power of God upon your life? Because the supernatural is there. People are enjoying the supernatural. People are getting blessed day in, day out through the manifestations of the supernatural in their life. How do you turn loose that supernatural hand of God to do a miracle in your life? Uh, I will say in the book, in the Old Testament, I'll use two scriptures because I'm mindful of time. Two scriptures to, to, to explain something to you. The first one is still coming from the book of 2 Kings chapter 3. And we'll move on to 2 Kings chapter 5. Uh, Standing about this whole scenario of what happened. 
in the life of the children of Israel and Judah against the Moabites. I gave you the background uh, last Sunday. The Moabite descendants of Lot kick up against Israel. Bible said that when Ahab and, and, and his wife Jezebel were the king and the queens of Israel, 100,000 sheep and more were being paid to Israel by the Moabites on annual basis. They, they were paying it to them. But after the death of Ahab and, and Jezebel, they made up their minds that they will not do it again. So Judah and Israel came together and said that let us declare war against the Moabites. What was the reason? There is something they were supposed to do a blessing, quote and unquote, that they were supposed to bring unto them that had been truncated because of the death, uh, because of the death of Ahab. Uh, uh, because of the death of Ahab, they said, we, we, we will not do it again. Hallelujah. So Israel got up and said, Judah, come and support us to declare war against the Moabites. Down the road, they ran into difficulties. They couldn't get water to drink and all that. And that is where this scripture came in. Where Elisha, and that's what I want to say them, where Elisha the prophet uh, was consulted, Joshua said that, is there not a prophet in the land? So Elisha the prophet was consulted and he said, but, 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 but for Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't have mind you. You should have gone to the God of your father and the God of your mother talking to the Israelites, the God of Ahab and the God of, of, of Jezebel, you have gone to that God for him to help you. Because Israel walked away from the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they started following a foreign God because Ahab and, and Jezebel turned their hearts away from the God of their covenant to a strange God. So the prophet was saying, now that you've run into trouble, you know that I'm the right God who can deliver you. Go to the God of your fathers and to the God of your mothers and let that God help you. But for Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't have mind you. Get it straight. Then when they went to Elisha, the Bible said, and the word of the Lord was with Elisha. She was a prophet. Uh, he was a prophet. The word of the Lord was with Elisha. And get what Elisha said. I want you to go and dig trenches. Somebody might ask, our animals are thirsty. We are thirsty. We need water in order for us to move on and to pursue our enemies. What has trenches got to do with the supply of water? And he said, you will not, you will not see the wind and you will not see the rain, yet your trenches shall be filled with water. Number one, that prophetic declaration did not make sense. Because what they were looking for was rain, not the digging of trenches. The guys were already exhausted for over a week, no water. They were already exhausted, men of war who were already exhausted. And you are asking the same people to use the last energy that they have to go and dig trenches. It didn't make sense. Ah, it didn't make sense. Anytime you want to trick up the supernatural, you must have enough faith to believe the nonsense instructions that the Lord gives. 
Can I say that again? Anytime you want to trigger the supernatural, you want to see the supernatural hand of God work in your life, you must have enough faith to believe the instructions that God gives. And most often than not, the instructions that the Lord will give you, they do not make sense. That is what I mean by the nonsense instructions of God. They do not make sense. Your ability to believe that nonsense instructions of God is what will open the floodgates of God's supernatural power to intervene in your life. And may I say to you that this year of the supernatural, a lot of nonsense instructions will come from the presence of the Lord. God will ask you to do certain things that might not make sense in your life. Your ability to believe God, although the instruction does not make sense, is what will hold the key to release an abundant manifestation of God's blessings in your life. Know that, your ability to do that. And I've experienced that severally in my life. When God will ask you to do something, you know that what God is asking you to do, if you analyze the thing with your human mind, it does not make sense. Sometimes you expect God to know better. God, why should you ask me to do something you know? That it, 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 it doesn't lie within my ability or resources to get that thing done. Your ability to obey God when the instruction doesn't make sense is what holds the keys to the supernatural manifestation of God's power in your life. I, I can show you thousand and one examples. How can God say to Abraham that the son that I, the Lord, have given you, you should sacrifice that son unto me when there are a lot, if God should have said sacrifice Ishmael, that would have been an easy thing for Abraham to do because, because the way Ishmael came on the scene itself carries with it a, a lot of challenges. So if he sacrifices Ishmael, it will have closed a whole lock of wonderful docket for him. But God said, it is not Ishmael, it is Isaac. And, and the part that I didn't like was that the, the one that you love, the, the one that you love, sacrifice that one unto me. Abraham's ability to obey that nonsense instructions from God is what has made him who he is today as the father of faith and, and, and the one who has become the patriarch and the one in whom we believe is God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That is how that miracle came into manifestation in the case of Israel and Judah. Big trenches, it did not make sense but the Bible said that, and they did it. And the prophet said that you have done that thing, you will not see the wind, you will not see the rain, yet your trenches shall be filled with water. Ah, may that be the prophetic blessing of somebody this year in the name of Jesus, that as you move by faith to believe and do the unthinkable for God, may God perform the impossible in your life. I say, as you stretch your faith to do the unthinkable based on the prophetic 
instructions and declarations of God in your life, let me say it again. As God grants you the grace and the faith to do the unthinkable based on the prophetic instructions of God in your life, may the God of heaven do the impossible in your life. May that be your testimony this year. I said, it shall be your testimony this year. Ah, but it shall be your testimony this year. Hey, but it shall be your testimony this year. As you rise up to do the unthinkable, God will do the impossible in your life. Because most of those prophetic instructions, they do not make sense. Your ability to believe the unthinkable, your ability to do the, 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 the unthinkable and the unreasonable will trigger the manifestations of God's power to do the impossible in your life. Ha! Ah. Is somebody hearing me today? To do the impossible in your life. I can give you thousand and one examples in this area where God moves you to do the unthinkable and your ability to do that will open the door for the manifestations of the impossible in your life. He told Abraham, give uh, uh, your, your son, give your only begotten son to that little boy who came to that meeting with five loaves and two fishes. Ha! Ah, five loaves and two fishes from a young boy who came to a meeting, the master said, take that five loaves and two fishes from the hands of a young boy. And he willingly gave it up. It is unthinkable for you to ask a young boy to give his last five loaves and two fishes. But his ability to believe God for the unthinkable opened the floodgates of the impossible. Over 20,000 people were fed. And somebody said, I, the Lord said, I gathered the crowns, put it together, 12 baskets full. Guess who the Lord would possibly give those 12 baskets to? The young boy who gave him the five loaves and the two fishes. Five loaves and the two fishes. I've given you that testimony. Let me maybe give it again today. As a young preacher in those days, I mean in those days, not now. I mean those days you travel and you go and pray with a accredited plane ticket for one man called Mr. Ofosu. KLM, wrapped him. Hey, Mr. Ofosu, may his soul live long. Mr. Ofosu, he, he will give you the ticket. And the, and the sad part is that for this man to give you that credit, he, he can let you go to the airport sometime one hour to the flight. We say, oh, because he himself, he has to go and hustle and wait till some people will cancel their flights. If there's a slot on the airline, then he brings you the rapting ticket. You can go to airport two times without jumping on the plane because your ticket is a discounted, discounted ticket. We call it rapting Malusa Baranda. God, we thank you for grace. And those days, they have the smoking session on the aircraft. You know that at the back is a smoking session. My Jesus, and if you are using rapting ticket, the chances of you sitting with the smoking people is high. Hey, they smoked me like a rat from Kotoka to Skelpol Airport. I will never forget it. Sitting between two men who are smoking. 
And, and this man will light the cigarette and go like, Satan, I will be coughing. Then that man will blow it from behind me. I told the echo, said, these people will kill me. I'm allergic to tobacco. He said, can I see your ticket? When I show it to her, she went back and said, uh, gentlemen, I'm so sorry, there's no space for you. My ticket is saying you will die with smoke. Thank God for grace, oh. I said, thank God for grace. I said, thank God for grace. I went on that trip six weeks in America. Could the Messiah believe in And those days, if you travel and you come back with $2,000 after six weeks, the Lord has been gracious to you. You will pay plane tickets, $700, $700, and you are in Ghana, a young man of God, with $1,000 in your pocket. My goodness. You flash your muscles. You will see this man of God say, how are you doing? And he said, yeah, take something. And if I mention some of them, their names, they will confess it publicly about going to America and coming to be a blessing. I was wearing, do, do you know a, a, a cobra? Cobra, I had some cobra ring in this finger. It was a status symbol, and everybody started wearing cobra ring because I am the man. I've been to Yankee and back with my cobra ring, flashing my muscles with my little, you know, cobra, cobra chain around my man of God. And, and when you are preaching, you have to put in some slang for them to know that you've been to. We stopped saying God and we started saying God because they have to know you have arrived. Your first Sunday at church service, you have to wear suit because you have been to. I went to one of those missions. I saw a man tired. I have preached for one month. Also, the money I have cannot pay for my plane ticket, let alone having extra to buy something for myself and my friends. And I know Mr. Ofosu. I don't know how that man managed to know. The day you will land at the airport, the next day he will be at the office. He will be at the office. I think he monitors the chart. When you land, no, he will be at the office. And I dragged me so, so I said, God, do something. I'm, I'm still explaining the point. If you can believe God for what you might call nonsense instructions from God, it will open the floodgates of the supernatural in your life. And this year, God will bring you to that position. He will challenge your faith, will ask you to do something for him. That will not make sense because God is waiting to do the supernatural in your life. I'm going to preach in Florida, Florida. Jesus Christ, I preach. Oh, Kabuta Samaliande. You see, sometimes you are under stress. The stress that you are under will force revelations to come out. Because apart from the fact that you have to bless the people, the message will have to come for somebody to bless you. Oh, I preach, Jesus Christ, I preach. I preach my intercessor. I remember my last message at that meeting. Divine delays are not divine deniers. When I finished preaching, the pastor was so good, gave me $3,000. Hey! $3,000 in those days is more than $300,000 for me to do. $3,000 paying me so for said, and me coming to Ghana, brother, with over $2,000. Who won that? I was going to flesh. Then I crossed over to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, uh, uh, Orlando, to go and preach. First, my plane left me, so I had to jump on the second craft. I got there late. And when I got to the church, somebody, another preacher had taken over my spot because I was late. And I went to sit at the bar because I didn't want to disturb the service. They brought me straight from the airport. 
to the meeting. And this short man from South America was preaching that night in this beautiful mega church. In the middle of the preaching, he said, God spoke to my heart that I need to raise some money to bless this church. I said to myself, hallelujah be to the name of the Lord. And he said, we are going to raise money to build this church. I was sitting at the back listening attentively. Then the man spoke a bit and he said, mm, the Lord has spoken to me by the spirit that there is a man here who has to sow a seed of $3,000. I said, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, let this car pass over me. So I changed my position and sat behind the pillar so the man would not see me. Ah, and the man said, this man I'm talking about comes from Guyana. And I said, Lord, I thank you. I'm from Ghana and not Guyana. So Guyana, I'm from Ghana. I said, Lord, I thank you. I'm from Ghana and not Guyana. I was dodging the prophecy by saying, but I said, this man must obey God. And I felt this cat, whether it's English or so, I said, I felt this cat within my heart. Pew, it must be shaming for me. Ah, this thing should not come in my direction. That the man said, that, Look, this man just open up to God. Don't be stubborn. The name of the man is Isaac Anunque. In my passport is Isaac Kwe. If he had mentioned Isaac Kwe, I would have doubted him because the man of God would have known that Isaac, Isaac Anunque, with the Anun in the middle, I could not resist the prophecy again. All I had in my pocket was that three thousand dollars they gave me cash hundred dollar bills plus a little few dollars after one month of labor I've not been able to get $700. One weekend has produced $3,000. This is manifestation of the supernatural for me in my life. And, and I, could, I, could, I wouldn't bother if that chair would not give me any offering. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. I have enough for me to come to Ghana and let everybody know I have been to. When that prophecy came, I started shaking at the bar. And the tears started rolling down my face. I said to myself, God, this is so unfair. You know where I come from. I'm an African boy, and God, you know my story. You, 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 know, you know the miracles on this dollar and what it has to do now. Why should I come from Africa to come and build somebody's church in Orlando, Florida? God, this is not fair. Tears were in my eyes. But the thing keep on kicking me, so I said, God, I will be, I, I can still see that brown envelope. I picked it from my pocket and started walking from the bar. Also, when I take a step, the devil will say, you are a fool. That will be your end. Mr. Pursuit will get you. Then I will take another step and I can hear the Lord say, you are blessed. So I was coming from the back. You were a fool. Mr. Pursuit will get you. And you are blessed. God is on the throne. When I came to the front of the chair, I pulled out my brown envelope, looked into the offering bowl, and I threw it in with holy anger. He said, God, if it is what you want, Take the money, man. Let me go down. Said, oh, oh, come on, Reverend. You're here. Come and sit in front. I said, No, I want to sit at the back because I don't want to sit at the front for this man to come and see another vision to take my 500 and something dollar that is left. I said, I am going to the back. I went to sit at the back, and 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 my sons were, were lamentations. 
because the songs I was singing were lamentation and, and because I know Mr. Ofosu will get me when I get back to Ghana. I finished that night, took me into the hotel. Are you going to eat? I said, no, I don't want to eat. I just want to wait on the Lord. And I knew I wasn't waiting on the Lord. I was waiting on my sorrows and coming to face Mr. Ofosu in Ghana. I, I, I'm giving you this testimony to, to help you understand how you can walk into the supernatural. Well, the next day I had to preach. I preached a powerful sermon because my intention was to impress this man of God so that at least he will give me back my $3,000. I don't care if he doesn't give me an offering. If I get my $3,000 back, at least it is fair that my son and at that place, but at least I have my money back. I preached. And preach and preach. Sunday after service, he said, let's go for dinner. I was saying in my head, young man, put the money together. It's not about food. I need the money to pay my bills. To cut the long story short, he said, well, uh, young man, you've been as a blessing to this church. And I pray that next year you come back again. We need this. And I was saying to my head, stop telling me those things. Give me my money. Then he gave me a nice and I said, God bless you. He said, well, we were so tired when the church bought me. We said, the way you've been of a blessing, we're going to bless you with $1,500. My heart jumped against this man. You are, you are so bad. At least, at least, if you will not do anything at all, you were there when I gave the money. So at least give me back my money. But he gave me half of it. Orlando International Airport, I was dragging my little carry-on bag with a lot of lamentations. Then I saw somebody, one of the protocol guys from this new chair, with an ugly woman. And then they said, well, that is him. So I turned and said, young man. And I said, mom, is that me? He said, yeah, come over. I said to myself, God, intervene. The only said, are you the young man who preached at Port Lauderdale from Ghana? I said, yes, I did. He said, you might not know. The preacher there put your tape. On, uh, on the airway and I would listen to the message early in the morning. God spoke to my heart, myself and my husband, we were missionary to Mombasa in Kenya for years. My husband passed on and I moved back to the States. And we made a vow that if A, B, C, D, whatever happened, there is a seed we have prepared to bless the life of that preacher from Africa. Wow. So I said, what is it? And the woman handed over another brown envelope to me. But this one was thicker, bigger, larger, and more anointed. So I received the brown envelope. She did not tell me what the content, but I received the brown envelope and tell her, man, God bless you, God. You know, all the protocols, God bless you, God bless you, and hallelujah, and we thank God for your life. All the charismatic protocols. The minute they left me, God is my witness. I rushed straight to the toilet at the airport to find out what was inside. So when I opened it, $10,000 bills, not one, but a few. when I saw the money, God is my witness, I went on my knees in the toilet. I forgot that I was in the toilet and started praising the name of the Lord for that miracle. Hallelujah. For that miracle, I saw the money that year. Instruments I bought for church. Oh, I fled because God showed me mercy on that trip. Hallelujah. I came back, jumped on the aircraft, and I was singing one song. Jehovah Tiasi, 
in Columbia. I sang that song from Orlando, Florida, all the way to Dayton, Ohio. With tears running down my cheek, nobody knew why I was crying. It wasn't tears of sorrow. It was a tears of supernatural shock that God could do such a thing in my life. It changed my whole mindset about obeying the nonsense of God when it comes to prophetic declaration. It did not make sense. It was my $3,000 that I need to pay part of my plane ticket and other things. God said, give it to me. I believe when God was saying, give me that money, God was saying, I've spoken to this woman to bless you with a latter amount of money. Your ability to be able to release that money to me will untie my hands to release that bigger amount of money to you. It was a nonsense prophetic declaration from that preacher from, from Guatemala, that preacher from Guatemala in Latin America. How do you tell a preacher from Africa that I should give my $3,000 to build the church of American preacher in Orlando, Florida? It turned my life around. I'm saying to you today that in this year of our supernatural, God might give you certain prophetic instructions that might not make sense, but walk up in boldness and obey him in the way. Hallelujah. Because God will give you that instructions because he has a better miracle at the back of his mind for you. He'll give you that instruction. Uh, if you don't believe me, let me conclude. Let me conclude. With the same second King chapter 5, you've heard about Neymar. The man was suffering from leprosy. Was suffering from leprosy. A young guy told him, Master, this leprosy you are suffering from, your, your military jacket is covering the leprosy, but it doesn't stop it from hurting you. I know of a man in Israel that will help you. They sent all the letters. The general came to Israel. When they brought the letters, listen, the king of Israel turned his clothing and said, this man is setting me up for battle. Then Elisha sent a message to the king that there is a prophet in Israel allowed that man to come. And guess what he did? When Naaman came, listen to the most annoying part is that Elisha did not even meet Naaman. He said, go and tell that man to go and jump into the river Jordan seven times. Then Naaman became angry and said, are there not better rivers in Syria? Prophetic declaration that did not make sense. It has to take one of the servants of Naaman to tell him, Master, if this man had told you to do something bigger, you would have done it. How about this simple thing? He jumped into the Jordan seven times. By the time he came up, his skin was like the skin of a baby. A nonsense prophetic declaration. Can I conclude by this? 
I'm not talking about maybe Bishop coming to say that, hey, uh, Pastor Paul, uh, I, I seen this, but that the Lord is telling me, remove this shoe and give it unto me. It will not come like that. Maybe you will go to bed in your own dream. You are praying with a divine intention. God will tell you, go and do this. It might not make sense to you, but do it. It might not make sense to you, but do it. It might not make sense to you, but do it. It might not make sense to you, but do it. Read it. How can a widow of Zerophal, a widow, her last flower, her last oil, and she said, I am going to prepare this food for myself and my son, we will eat it and die. Then the prophet appeared on the scene and said, I give it to me first. Give that thing to me first. It doesn't make sense. But her ability, I think this first Kings 17 or second Kings 17, her ability to obey that senseless prophetic instruction, sustain her, sustain her son, instead of them dying, they lived throughout the famine. Opening the door of the supernatural, God will give you a senseless instruction. God will make a presentation to you that will not make sense. God will tell you to do something that you cannot reason out. Your ability to do that will unlock the door of a prophetic blessing upon your life. Ah, during one of those meetings, we came here. A young lady in this church, when the man of God finished preaching, brought a little Kia Picanto car that she's been using. He said, Papa, God spoke to my heart that I should sow this car as a seed. I look at the face of that little daughter of mine. I said, okay, okay. I'll give me the key. I pray over it. Take your car back. I mean, take your car back. She, I said, just take it back, drive it back home. I went in and God said, why did you deny that little girl of a blessing that I want to pour upon her life? Why did you deny her of that blessing? I was feeling so pity, pitiful for her. Her little car. Why should we give it to God? We have cars. I bless it. Take your car key and go back. Wrong attitude. God said, why did you deny her of something great I wanted to do in her life? I bring my preaching to a closing right now. But in this year of uncommon supernatural manifestations, don't forget, God will give you senseless prophetic instructions. Your ability to obey that will turn something around in your life. I told you of that testimony. Let me say now. I was in London. Pastor Matashimulu, he came to preach. I was preaching with him on the same platform at Pastor Shadrach's church. He finished preaching. I was the next preacher. And I was continuing to the stage. I had some few dollars in my pocket. God said, go and bless that man. So I took some dollar seed, went to his car, driving some Porsche Range Rover. And I said, man of God, take this seed. He received it in his hand. I said, Nyamin Shrao. And I said, God bless you. God bless you. He left. I gave him the money. 
he left in a mishrao. I was in my hotel. A lady, come call you, might know her. I don't know how she got my phone. Call me, my brother. Are you there? I say yes, I'm here. I'm told you are in London. I say yeah. Hey, you are preaching for me. I say yeah, yeah, yeah. Now go ahead, tell me. He said, Can I have your bank accounts number? I said, What do you need my bank accounts number for? He said, My accounts number. What do you? He said, I beg you, my brother, just let me have it. So I reluctantly gave her my bank accounts number. The next day, she said, I've sent something small to your accounts. Well, I went to the bank with my card straight away to gigigigigigig. I gave that man some few hundreds of dollars. In my accounts were some few thousands of pounds coming from somebody. Sometimes some of those prophetic instructions, they might not, because my Chachumolo, she's richer hundred times than me in every area. When the man can tell you his house in Lagos, five acres in front of the lake, and the stairs are made out of glass, and, and he's suffering for Christ. So I told him, if that is the way to suffer for Christ, then me too, I want to suffer for Christ. Just, just teasing me. But God said, do it. Sometimes you let your sins go ahead of God's instructions. Be sensitive this year. Because God might ask you to do a lot of things that might not make sense. That might not make sense. Your ability to follow that senseless instructions from God will hold the key to the manifestation of that supernatural in your life. It might not be money. It might be deliverance to your family. It might not be money. It might be a supernatural healing to your body. It might also be money that God will unlock certain doors for him to bring to you. Three scriptures I've given it to you. Note eight. The widow of Zarephath in the life of Naaman and in the life of this woman. And by the map of three witnesses, a case shall be established. What is God telling you to do? And what has God been telling you to do over the years that you have deliberately stopped doing them because it did not make sense? And sometimes God will send you to somebody you hate to say, do that. So I can bring some blessings upon your life. Stand on your feet today and lift up that hand to God. Ah, may God speak to your heart today. May God speak to your heart today. 